When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cohen II, and with me, as always, is... Sesame, Joel, Tommy, and Carta. That's a long name. Eh, not that long. It's not your longest, I've, though. I've seen longer, yeah, it is my longest, then. I know it's probably. I don't think it is. I think it's one of your shorter names, actually. Yeah, I think I've gone with the six or seven at one point. Yeah. Um. So how you doing there, uh, Sesame? I'm doing okay. I think I got a little bit of a fungal infection that, you know, kind of slur my words and, you know, kind of spaced out and can't really kind of losing my motor skills a little bit kind of kind of concerned a little bit so we'll see we'll see if i get through this um is it covid no it's a fungus it's uh i'm pretty sure there's some spores and you know um sorry so you're you're telling me that you're a fun guy yeah i'm a fun guy yes oh good times i am (laughs) so um Today on the show, we will be discussing the first six episodes, not in detail, but an overview (laughs) of our reaction to the first six episodes of the HBO television show, The Last of Us, based on the 2013 Naughty Dog video game of the same name. Yes. Sorry. Just the the name of the company being Naughty Dog is just like what? Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of funny. <laughs> kind of a weird name for a company, but hey, whatever. Yeah, apparently, up with this game, which is being hailed as one of the greatest video games of all time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's I guess no different than most video game company names when you first hear them. Yeah, like Activision. Well, of course, that's. Yeah. Old school. <laughs> like Atari, Atari, Nintendo. Right. Wait, Sega. Okay, no, those, those, those all sound Sega. sound normal to me though. But um, well, yeah, but we're so used to hearing those words. Yeah, Nintendo actually means like um, like go or like 
I think it means like striving towards like a goal, basically. Like you're kind Is of. It? I think yeah, Nintendo pretty much means like you're like to do something like with like a valiant effort. I think I think that's what it means because Nintendo. Sorry, I don't mean to go out on a tangent, but Nintendo used to be a pretty much just like sold like card games and stuff yeah. like that. But eighteen hundreds, and then it, it went through like a million different transformations until we got you know what we have now. So, uh, but. Yeah, Naughty Dog just seems kind of interesting to me, but yeah, it's a, it's commonly assumed to mean leave luck to heaven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, luck. Yeah. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So not my definition at all. <laughs> it's close enough. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it it it, it, it works. Uh-huh. Well, Atari means to hit the target. Interesting. Uh-huh. I can see that because it got Atari. Yeah, it's it's from the from the uh, board game Go. Oh, okay, Go. Yeah, I yeah. Remember. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Neat, neat, neat. And Naughty Dog in uh, its <laughs> native language means a canine who is not well behaved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that's kind of self-explanatory, but yeah. Um, <laughs> in, in, I, its mean, native, I, in its native language of English. Right, yeah. When so I it, translate it into English, that's what it comes back as. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the thing where you translate it from, translate it to Japanese and then from Japanese back to English, like in um, news radio? Yes, and you get a... Uh, Jimmy James, um, <laughs> um, if, instead of capitalist lion tamer, it's uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I remember it was something weird. Um, it was. You're looking it up. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, the name of the episode is uh, Super Karate. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, S- Super Karate Monkey Death Car. That's right. <laughs> that's a good episode. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Macho. Oh, what was it? it? Was I'm trying to remember it now. Okay, now that's gonna bother me, but I'll I'll figure it out before the end of the episode, and I'll get it. Yeah. To you guys. So, anyways, before we get into this, um. Just letting, just want to ask you folks to do me a favor: share our episodes, any episode you like. You know, I don't care which one it is. It could be our episode about um, the uh, television series um, "Blit Happens." I don't really care what it oh, is. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that one. It could be any episode you like. Oh my God! Blood happens. Yeah. Share the episode and tag <laughs> us, and uh, you may win a prize. Maybe. Yes. I I I have a couple things work in the works, but please share us on Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok or one of them their social media places. The tax. Yeah, and tag all two real two. And uh yeah, we'll uh enter you into a contest and we'll pick somebody at random. 
to win, just don't be to win a prize. antagonistic to us. Ooh, yeah. you see what I did there? Oh yeah, and tag. Um, but, but but anyways, yeah, just do that for us, and also give us a five star review on uh, Apple Podcast or anywhere that you can. Um, yeah, and share share it with your friends. Like I said, that's the best way to get us out there. Um, you know, and check out our Patreon and our T Public. And I do promise somebody will get a prize at some point. So now we don't know what that prize is. Maybe it's dinner with me and or Mike, just like how Trump promised with his NFT sales. Yes. You know, I'm not sure it's amazing price, but it's what we got. Or oh, um, maybe so. you get an NFT of Matt dressed up like uh, an astronaut or something. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, oh. like great, great <laughs> arts, very, you know, <laughs> pertain to my life and career. It's very exciting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that time you were an astronaut back in, you know, yeah, 2010. Remember that? Sure. Um, I was only like in my early 20s then but yes uh yeah you, I was one of the youngest astronauts ever when you landed on the on Mars and um never left yeah and and, inha- and inhabited it you know that's why there there's a whole population of people up there mm-hmm. that's why you have to keep changing your name yeah because you need to create all these new names for all the other people that are up there that is true. That makes absolutely no sense, but let's go with it. My spirit has been incarnated into different bodies, and I'm able to possess them at will. Uh-huh. So I'm actually right now on Mars simultaneously. And you, have a, awesome. and you have a Martian spouse as well. Yes, that's, I mean, yes, definitely. Very hot Martian spouse, mind you. Yes. That, that's, you know, that, that's because, you know, it's... The, the temperature on the planet. Oh, yeah. That's, Scorching hot. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we pretty much burned to death there. It's bad. But, yeah. um, bad. Um, but somehow, the uh, Wi-Fi reception is really good there. Oh, it's great. Yes. It's great stuff. Yeah. And we're able to broadcast this uh, podcast. But anyways. I mean, they don't want Mars bars for nothing. It's got great, great bars for their internet there. Ooh, good water. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sesame, what was your your uh, initial reaction to the uh, Last of Us in the uh, first six episodes that we've seen here? Well, I would compare it to um, Sesame Seed Bun on top of a Whopper or Big Mac hamburger, which I love. Okay. Therefore, that means I love the first six episodes of the show. Which do you love more? The show. Okay. Definitely a show. Yeah. Because I think uh, the show is definitely better than Burger King. Oh, of course. Yes. No, Burger King took a nosedive like 10 years ago. Oh, um, yeah, it did. Used to be great, great stuff, but yeah. They took a nosedive when they stopped selling the chicken tender sandwiches That's and the right, local the, the, local, the local Burger Kings, because I like lived on those when I was in college. So I know. they were like a dollar well, and they were amazing. Um, I know. <laughs> it was that and ramen. Um, <laughs> yes, and cereal. <laughs> and that's why I'm so healthy. <laughs> Anyways, um, I speaking of healthy, um, I think the show is really healthy. Um, no, it was really good. Um, I liked it. I mean, I feel about this what I think other people 
felt about Game of Thrones and Walking Dead because I never had this feeling with those shows. Uh-huh. I never watched much of them either. So, but uh, you know, comparing two things, you know, because the two stars of the show were both on Game of Thrones, and we yeah. got and we got this post-apocalyptic outbreak thing going on that's similar to Walking Dead. But done, yeah, but done, is. but done a lot better in my opinion. It because is. You care more it's about a... the people. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's because you you've got lesser people and you care more about them. Except for you do have the aspect where you start to care about somebody in an episode and then they die. But um, <laughs> yeah, The Walking Dead. I mean, pretty this, much just became cash grab at one point. At some yeah. point, it lasted mm-hmm. way too long. Like, oh yeah, it probably should have ended like a few seasons in. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, and I never understood Game of Thrones, but maybe someday I'll watch it. Yeah, me too. I've never seen it yet either. I've always... Yeah. So I want to watch House of the Dragon, but it's a prequel, so I want to watch Game of Thrones first. Yeah. So, so it's not, like, ruined for me, basically. Um, yeah, in case there's any kind of, uh, you know, spoilers. Um. So, yeah, Um. but I loved this. I, uh, I'm just, like, anxious for the next episode. That's how I feel, you know? Like, I, I binged, like, three episodes in a day, the last three, because I fell behind and wasn't able to catch up right away, and then I watched episodes uh, four, five, and six all in the same day, and I was just like, I need more, like I'm a junkie. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, so, you know, like, like we said, background on this, it based on the video game um we have uh our main cast includes pedro pascal and he's uh been tasked to uh take care of a young person and take them places much like in the mandalorian yeah what <laughs> yeah but yeah no. but i i love pedro pascal in like anything he's in oh yeah definitely yeah even even in uh, Wonder Woman two, um, so <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that yet? No, he's in that. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a decent movie. We should probably cover it in the future, but it has got a lot of flaws. Um, is that eighty four? Is that what? Yeah, one? Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still good. Um, hey. Yeah, but then we got uh, our our second lead. We only got like two leads in the show. Yes, yeah. is, is Bella Ramsey as fourteen year old girl named Ellie. And uh, I will tell you this: this girl can act. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and she's British in real life. So it's just amazing to me when British people can do American accents so well. Oh, I know. Speaking of The Walking Dead. I mean, like half the cast is British or oh, the yeah. main cast, uh, but they have like American accents. Like yeah. Rick, the guy plays Rick Grimes, Morgan. They're yeah. both British. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like on like like uh like House, like uh what's his face to start on that? Um, he's British. Oh, that dude. Yeah, and um, he got cast after his audition, and uh, he sent in a tape, and somebody says that's what we need for this role—a real down-to-earth American guy. <laughs> and he wasn't um yeah. no but there's it it just seems like a, 
I mean, it might just be because we're American and we don't notice. I don't know. I mean, because notice it as much, but it's like hard to tell that they're British a lot of times when British people are doing American accents. But I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're trained better over there in acting. And yeah, probably because you know, yeah. the arts are a little bit more part of the culture there. Because I mean, there are some Americans that can do good British accents, but it doesn't seem like there's an even trade-off here. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so that's our main cast. But we've got a lot of you know guest stars in every episode, so it's pretty good. Um, so what goes down here in these episodes that uh, you want to talk about here? Uh, the beginning is a good start. Because, I mean, that's kind of self-explanatory. To be getting a good start. Uh, I like to so, start around the middle. I'm joking. No. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what we have is there's a... It starts off... There's a lot of time jumps in this show. So it starts off in 1968. And there's like a TV show. This guy's interviewing... Uh, it's like two different virologists. Bio- Can't say that word. Uh, and the one guy is basically talking about like pandemics and... You know, then he asked the other guy, he's like, are you afraid of like a, you know, global pandemic, like destroying the human race? And he's like, no, he's like, what do you mean though? He's like, humanity has fought off plagues from the very beginning. I mean, yeah, it might kill off millions of people, but yeah, we always find a way to bounce back. And then he's like, okay, so what are you afraid of? And then he mentions fungus and he talks about how there are certain types of fungus that can like literally hijack like ants brains and cause them to just bend to its will essentially do whatever it wants to do and that it pretty much just over time takes over its body in order for the fungus to you know grow like on top of the body and and then of course they have a little thing about climate change there We're like well fungus can't um you know grow beyond like 93 degrees or whatever and he's yeah. like true like, but what if the what if the Earth, you know, got slightly warmer over time, you know, and so that would, you know, give the fungus an evolutionary reason to to be able to, you know, grow in, in warmer temperatures and this whole thing. So, uh, and then we kind of again, then we sort of basically he just like scares the shit out of the audience and the presenter, like the interviewer, like everybody's yeah, the, just like on silent. The interviewer, interestingly, is played by Josh Brenner, who I really love as an actor he uh he starred as big head on uh on uh, silicon valley and also he was uh marin's assistant on the tv show marin okay yeah cool and uh was in an interesting um movie that i saw not that long ago that um oh my gosh what was the name of that movie it was really good <laughs> i'm not remembering things today folks so i'm sorry about that but um it was uh, i don't know i'll look it up um <laughs> but yeah He's a really good actor. He's a really good young comedian. Comedian. Um, I I think he's got a future ahead of him. So 
keep an eye out for so, him. So long as he doesn't get infected by fungus. So oh, yeah. So then, yeah, time to jump to 2003. We're introduced to our three main characters so far. Joel, his daughter, Sarah, who's around the same age as Ellie, which is, you know, in the future. And then we got his younger brother, Tommy. They're both uh, contractors. Uh, you know, it's it's Joel's birthday, his 36th birthday. Um, while they're eating breakfast, they're, you, you start hearing stuff on the radio talking about reports of people acting weird in Indonesia, like getting violent with each other. And uh, they go to work. They're they're going to work a double shift because the, one of the people um, decided they couldn't do it or whatever. And then he promised that he'd bring back a cake uh, back home for uh, his birthday. And then, so she goes up to school. Uh, you know, things are, you know, there's people coughing. People are acting a little bit weird. Like one one of their classmates, his hands like trembling because she's seeing like the reflection of his watch on the and like the, you know, from the light or whatever. And then she at the school she goes to get her dad's watch fixed that he never wanted to fix because he didn't want to spend the money on himself or whatever. Yeah. So she took took some of his money to get his watch fixed. So I'm not really sure how that's a birthday gift, but hey, whatever. And then uh, it is, <laughs> it is. By the it way, is. that movie, before I forget, Baked, okay. Baked in Brooklyn is okay. the name of the movie with, right. with him. It's a really good movie about a pot dealer and his relationship with his girlfriend. Baked, you get it? Baked? Yeah, and... yeah it's, 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 it's a good movie. I, I liked it. Um, so anyways, well, check it out, folks. Yeah, do it. Check it. So she goes to yeah, this watch shop. Um you're seeing a lot of police cars are driving by, a lot of ambulances. You know, there's obviously something going on in the city. Uh, as as she's getting the watch fixed, the the guy's wife, who also works there, says we're closing early because she knows that there's something going on. And then pretty much, you know, sends her off on her way. Uh, and she goes to um, her next door neighbors, her neighbor who wants her to bake cookies with her. Uh, she does. She doesn't eat any of them. Interesting enough, which that does play an important role later on. Because because at the beginning or near the beginning, they're all offered cookies and other things, and they rejected. They're like, no, thank you. We, you know, we're yeah, busy she didn't with want them because they were raising cookies. Right, but it is yeah. important. It's so, important, but yeah, but it that, is very that, important. That's, that, it, it's good she didn't like raising cookies. I mean, I don't like them either, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, and so um. And then the woman's mother, who's you know very elderly, um, is also there. And while she's kind of while Sarah's kind of picking out like a DVD to ask if she can borrow, the old woman's like moving around like all crazy, like when she's supposed to be paralyzed. So she's like moving around and stuff. And then she doesn't notice it, but the dog does. Dog is looking like what the fuck's going on, you know, type of thing. And uh, dog's name is Mercy, by the way. And and she goes home. And you know she's at, you know she's asking him like you know has anything been strange today on the news or whatever she's like oh it's no big deal so she goes home you know everything seems to be you know normal at least you know somewhat you hear a little bit of like helicopters flying by and uh, Joel comes back late he forgot the cake of course because he worked all day and uh, she pops in a DVD that she borrowed and. He promised, you know, he asked her not to fall asleep, but she falls asleep anyway on his lap. And then Tommy calls him from jail 
asking them to pick him up because it's Friday. So if he doesn't pick him up, he's going to be stuck there all weekend. And Joel thinks it's because he was, you know, being a hothead or whatever, but it was because he was at a bar and there was a bunch of people like getting violent and they were trying to mess with the waitress and stuff. So he stopped the guy, but then the cops came and they arrested him as well. So he goes off to pick up Tommy and he carries Sarah and puts her in bed and then Sarah wakes up around like two in the morning and there's just like helicopters all over the place and and just you know, all kinds of noise. So she goes outside or she sees the dog Mercy coming yeah. to her house, crashing on the door and she tries to take take him back home, but he doesn't want to go back home. And then the door's open, which, you know, I don't think walking into a house with a door open at two in the morning is necessarily a good idea, but um but hey, whatever. And the old lady uh, it turned into some infected person who's... That's the other thing, too, about the show. The zombies, quote-unquote zombies, are, like, super fast. Like, they're not like The Walking oh, yeah. Dead where, like, they're... Like, they jump around to do all kinds of crazy shit, you know, so... Jump up, she's jump good. up, but get down. Jump. Yeah, jump up, jump up. Get down. Hey, jump, jump. No, sorry. Good song. <laughs> uh, good song. So, you know, uh, Joel and Tommy show up just in the, you know, the nick of time, and they kill the the old lady and they drive it off and they're you know running into people and shit like that because the whole city has become bedlam at this point i mean there's fires everywhere that everybody's trying to flee the city at the exact same time using the exact same road by the way this is austin texas i believe and uh yeah and you know they're they're just trying to take all these shortcuts uh eventually they're in like a the crowded area of the street. People are just literally just running all over the street trying to find shelter. And a a jet, like a airline jet, like crashes down and just like explodes, like causing all this kind of debris and shit to fly over. They they get knocked out from the debris. Uh Sarah um twisted her ankle, I think, or something. And they're trying to um they're trying to uh you know, carry her to get her to safety. Uh, they get confronted by a soldier who is told to kill them because they don't want to take any chances on whether or not they're infected by this new thing that they're not really sure even what it is at this point. Yeah. Soldier accidentally kills Sarah. Was it accidentally? I mean, he tried to kill them both, but Joel tried to turn her around but ended up shooting her in the abdomen. So unfortunately she dies, which kind of really upset me because I was thinking she was going to be a main character in this whole show and that she was only in the first episode. <laughs> you know, well, that, that's, I mean, that's the, the whole like Janet Lee sort of thing, you know, where you, yeah, you get attached to a character and then you kill them off. Right. Yeah. So that's what happens in the game too. She dies in the first night of this whole um, pandemic or whatever you'd call it. And then we go into another time jump to 20 years later, 2023. And, people are pretty much living in these terrible like slums called Fedra, which stands for federal something. I don't remember what. And then, yeah, they're like these quarantine type zones. Yeah. They're quarantine yeah. zones and they have very strict protocols. Like there's this little kid who shows up and he's been infected. And this lady basically, you know, lies to him. Tells, tells them that, you know, they're, you know, he's going to be able to play with all the toys he wants and, eat his favorite meal and stuff, and then they just give him a little shot to euthanize him, basically. And she looked like she was very sad about this, that she didn't see yeah. like she was, like, doing it because it was like, oh, I'm just doing this because my job or whatever. But then they burned the bodies. And it's just very, 
very miserable existence. People in this who live in these quarantine zones, um, they had to work for points essentially as money, and you know they got to work different jobs per day. So there's really no like set like career. It's just whatever happens to be available, available. that yeah. particular day, you know. And then um, and we find out that Joel is a smuggler. So he, that's how he kind of makes money on the side. He deals drugs with one of the soldiers, a bunch of Oxycontin or, or Vicodin or whatever. And then uh, we find out that his girlfriend slash partner is kind of also his his partner in crime. Well, literally partner in crime. Yeah, name, and then, uh, name, name Tess. Yeah, name Tess. Played and... by played by uh, um, Anna Torv, who people might know from Mindhunter and Fringe. Right, Fringe, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was so weird, too, because I started watching Fringe before I started watching The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. And I had, like, Me, too. Was Randomly, I started Wait watching it again. On and off Yeah, it's recently. a great show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fringe is a great show. So, just again, to keep you up to speed, so basically, uh, they're trying to get some battery for a truck because um, Joel wants to get to his brother Tommy, and they have, like, this little... Thing when they send out like radio signals to each other, you can sing like different songs to kind of show tell them like what's going on. And Tommy hasn't responded in three weeks, so he's worried that something happened to him. So then at this point, um, there's there's like a group of freedom fighters called the the um Fireflies, not not the TV show, um called the Fireflies, who um are basically called terrorists by the you know the Fedora or whatever. Yeah. And they have um, this girl uh, <laughs> chained up there. And the reason the reason why we learn is because she got bit by one of the infected three weeks ago and she's still alive and fine, whereas it usually kills you within, well, not kills you, it usually takes over within like a day or two, you know, depending on where you're bit. And she was yeah. bitten up, which is one of, the, one of the places where it spreads fast, you know? And so the leader of the fireflies her name is marlene uh she knows joel and tess from through tommy uh, who tommy was part of that group for a while and uh they want her to they want them to take ellie to some lab where they could basically like extract the a cure from her and then so that's pretty much that's like the the main like that's what we got like the main story and- is yeah, and Marlene, by the way, is played by Merle Dandridge, who also played the role of Marlene in the video game. She's like okay. the, she's like one of the only people to reprise their role. Um, some people from the video game are appearing in future episodes, but uh, playing different characters. But yeah, okay, yeah, like that's, the, the, that's like cool. the the guy who played uh, Joel in the series is supposed to show up. Um, Troy Baker is playing a cool character named James in a future episode and uh it's all over the place so I'm not really spoiling too much but Ashley Johnson who played Ellie in the game is playing Ellie's mother in the mo- in the TV show so okay yeah so yeah that's cool and Ashley Johnson by the way if you don't know played uh Chrissy Seaver on Growing Pains with <laughs> one of our uh favorite uh Actors, uh, Mr. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's, I think, in the past spoken out against him and stuff, too. So, yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. She's a she's a lesbian in real life and uh yeah. Well yeah. And and yeah, uh, Kirk, Kirk doesn't like that, I don't think. Um so you yeah. probably not. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah, I would imagine that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 what happened in the first episode, and then we have like uh five more episodes that uh different things happen in that we are you know, we can talk about like episode three is really good. Like the second episode we lose Tess. Yeah, I know. It's like, damn it. Yeah, just when we're getting to like her. Mm-hmm. We uh we learned out that we learned in that episode that the infection started in Jakarta. Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. And um <clears throat> basically uh they had to blow up the whole town yeah. to try to stop it. I know. Which they seem to do like throughout the world in different places, different big cities where this was happening. Yeah. Um so Joel and uh Tess are still trying to get to like uh um transport Ellie and they they get out they, they, they get um trying to originally get them to uh some allies that they know in uh, Lincoln Massachusetts which is outside of Boston where they're coming yeah. from and uh while in Boston though um Tess gets infected and sacrifices herself to blow up a bunch of other infected <laughs> inside of a museum so yeah, we got different types of infected. We got clickers, which they don't have eyes anymore, but they got really good auditory senses. Uh, and they're really fast too. And later on, we see an episode called Bloater, which you know it sounds exactly how it sounds. You know, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and, and, and the the best part of this episode was before Tess sacrificed herself because she you know, dumped out a bunch of gas or oil on the floor and then was going to set it on fire to blow up this building. And uh, she has a Zippo lighter. And the, it was pretty intense because she couldn't get the lighter to yeah to light, which was a really intense scene. That was my favorite part of that episode. I'd all be too. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Because if she didn't, then, you know, she'd become a infected person totally and then you know whatever. right yeah but then episode three was a tour de force episode yeah. one of the best episodes of television in the past year at least so yeah mm. yeah and what happens in that episode um we're in- introduced to characters called bill and frank um that's who they were trying to go to in episode two because they have got they got supplies and they have like a an alliance with each other. They work, you know, they work with each other for different things. Bill is a survivalist. He's you know one of these libertarian people. You know, he's got the "Don't Tread on Me" flag. You know, in his house, and he, I mean, he had the whole thing thought out. He had like a he had like a basement within a basement that had um had you know, all these cameras and TV screens and things like that of that nature. And uh, the the Fedra people were just clearing out like the entire neighborhood, but they, you know, they thought he was gone because they couldn't find anyone there. So after they left, he pretty much had the whole town to himself. And then so he, 
you know, went to all these stores, got more, you know, equipment for, you know, survivalist things like that. He, he, he lives like that for about four years. And then he meets this guy named Frank, who was part of another group who all died. And he was the only remaining member. He fell into one of Bill's uh, traps, which is basically a, a pole that was dug where he'd put the infected that he caught that killed them. And, you know, Frank asked him if he could stay for dinner because he's really hungry and stuff. So Bill, you know, reluctantly allows him, you know, to do that. Bill apparently is like a really good cook and somehow he's able to get meat for every single dinner. So I don't know how he's doing this, but like, uh, well, he, he I mean, has, he has like pet, not pet, but like, uh, he has rabbits and chickens. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's been making the well, food with those. Yeah. He's pretty much living large for, you know, yeah. compared to everyone else. And then, you know, Frank is, is gay and he kind of can tell that Bill's gay too. And then Bill's kind of not, you know, trying to deny it or he's not really, he's very cautious or reserved or whatever. But yeah. then uh, Frank plays some song on the piano and then they kiss and stuff. This, of course, freaked out the right wing. They had a whole thing about it. You know, this is so terrible and, immoral and it's teaching people wrong things blah 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 whatever and then uh yeah ben shapiro had a field day with that episode well, of course right? ben Sh- benny boy benny boy yeah whatever and um and then we kind of jump you know some years you know into that they're they're now a couple they're living together bill still wants to be kind of like a, a survivalist he's very reserved he doesn't really want anyone else to come around whereas frank is like no like we need to like start like building communities we need to start like having relationships with other people so we can like basically like rebuild society essentially yeah and he kind of you know bill sort of comes around a little bit to that so that's where they meet uh joel and tess and they start like a trading relationship and uh you know all all because of frank really and then because and frank was actually the one that came up with the idea of using music to send encoded messages to each other like 80s music 80s music meant there was, like, trouble, like, don't come. 70s music meant, like, everything's fine. And so, yeah, so Frank, you know, it was just a beautiful episode because, you know, eventually Frank, even though Frank was, like, the healthier one of the group, he ends up getting MS or something like that. And, you know, he can't... Yeah, they never really reveal what it is that he has. It's like it was some, something, ki- some kind of terminal it, illness. And I think it's better that they didn't, like... Yeah. Didn't, like, spell out, like, oh, this is what he has. Yeah. Right, so, and so, you know, basically, Frank has decided that, you know, he's he's done, he's just, he wants to kill himself, essentially, and so he convinces Bill to crush up a bunch of, like, pills into, like, his wine, and, like, basically just, like, telling him, like, how the whole day is gonna go, it's just, like, very, very beautiful, but heart-wrenching at the same time, because he's saying, we're gonna go to the store, and we're gonna get married today. We're gonna get a suit. He's yeah. like, no. He's like, you'll 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 wear what I ask you to wear. <laughs> then like, yeah. Then we're gonna eat dinner, and then you're gonna slip those pills into my wine, and then you're gonna take me to bed, and I'm gonna sleep in your arms and die tonight. And then Bill decides that he wants to go out too. So then he puts the pills into his wine too, and they go upstairs essentially to die together. And then they lock the door, and then. Bill leaves a, a note uh, to to Joel telling him that you know not to go in the room because it's probably got to smell really bad or or just look yeah, really bad. I left a window open though. 
Yeah, they let the window open, but not, you know, in that... Um, Tire it out, yeah. Yeah, the, the, he could pretty much take whatever he wants, you know, the guns and the cars and whatnot. And, of course, I'm skipping way, way speeding yeah, no, over. It's, oh, but... And I, I think the most beautiful shot in the show, though, is, like, towards the end, when uh, it's about to end, and they cut to the window in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. And it's open, and the, like, curtains are kind of blowing a little bit. And that's just, like, cinematography, like, really cool for that, or whatever you want to like, call it, yeah. And the third and fourth episodes didn't seem like a lot was uh, going the, on. The fourth and fifth, you mean? Yeah. I mean, sorry, sorry, the fourth and fifth. Well, the fifth one, fourth episode didn't really seem like there was a lot going on. Um, They basically run into a town that is had just been liberated from Fedra, and it's like basically being run by this woman who's kind of like the dictator essentially of this new like quote unquote free Kansas City, which is being ruled by one dictator. But okay, that, that, no no matter. Uh, it's like yeah, not, Kath, not that's free, Kath, but... Kathleen is her name, played by Melanie Linsky, who is right, one which... of the greatest actors living. Oh oh, I know she's. I love her so much. I've yeah. seen her in a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, so they're trying to, you know, some people are trying to ambush them by pretending that they are hurt, they need help. But Joel knows about this because he's seen this, he's seen this tactic a million times, so he knows what's going on. Uh, you know, we find out that the Kathleen is looking for this guy named Henry, who apparently did something really bad, and he's, uh, she's, she's trying to get informants who used to work for Fedra to basically become informants for her and to fight. By this Henry dude, she ends up killing her own doctor that actually delivered her when she was a baby because I guess he was a traitor or whatever. And, uh, you know, we find out that she's, you know, bloodthirsty. She's out for revenge and she wants pretty much anyone who collaborated with Fedra to die. And I mean, and indeed, they were like hanging people in the street, like who worked for Fedra. Like, like it was a crazy sight to see, like. You're literally just killing them, like you know. Like, yeah, and then they they have like you know show trials, you know, where they're like executing people for violations of this or that. That's pretty much all that happens. Episode three. I mean, there's you know there's lots of stuff, but it's it's really that's yeah. the basic story. Episode four. Yeah. Episode five. We get yeah. we get a little bit more into the backstory of why Kathleen is the way she is. Turns out that Henry. Um, was an informant for Fedra, and the reason why is because his younger brother had uh, leukemia and needed medicine, but Fedra wouldn't give medicine unless they became informants for people who are fireflies or other kind of you know freedom fighters. So, and in order to do that, he he ratted out Kathleen's brother, who was the leader of the revolution, and Fedra killed him. So that's why yeah. she's after Henry's blood for that, and. Uh, even though Henry had said, you know, the people should forgive them because he knew what was at stake and that people really weren't being informed just because they were bad people or wanted to or whatever, but because they were desperate, but she's not going to forgive them, even though her brother told them to, <laughs> which yeah. is weird. And it's like, if you want to un- honor your brother, wouldn't you do the thing that he's asking you to do? But okay, whatever. And the- but again, that's human emotion. For no, you, that's not so. how you honor people. Wait, what? No. <laughs> so you know, so you know, uh, uh, Henry and his younger brother Sam 
they're they're kind of holed up with um, with Joel and Ellie. They find this sort of underground community that I guess was set up during the beginning stages of the infection because they have like a children's zone where they got like books and toys and paintings on the the wall like a rainbow color stuff like that and uh and kathleen eventually you know finds her way to the place because they're also looking for joel because they they knew that joel had killed some people during this this scuffle originally so they're after both henry and and joel so then just as they're about to leave uh they um the guy ambushes them as using a sniper rifle from his house. So Joel comes and kills him. He pretty much begs him not to use his rifle because he's going to be forced to kill him at that point, which the guy does. So then Joel kills him. And then um, Kathleen and her freedom fighters have shown up and they're trying to confront Henry. And, you know, we're getting this whole speech, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I know why you did it and blah, 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 but I still have to kill you. And then... As this is happening, there's a truck that crashed into one of the houses, and the truck sinks down into the ground, and then there's a bunch of infected down there, because Fedra had basically, like, buried them a long time ago and didn't tell anyone about it. And there were, like, rumors that the infected lived down there, but it was mainly, people mainly thought it was, like, a scare tactic, you know? But no, it wasn't a scare tactic, because they all start crawling out. Including the bloater, which I mentioned here earlier. Bloater is this huge, huge dude who kills people, which I thought was weird because I thought they were only supposed to infect people, but this guy literally ripped off someone's head. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, anyway, you the, want to finish? Yeah. The, the thing I was wondering about the, because I don't know because I've never played the games or anything, but like with like the bloaters, were these big people before they got infected or were they just got bigger? Were they like normal sized people and then they just got big when they got infected? I think they were just big to begin with because I don't think, like, like the infection can, like, grow more fungus on you, but I don't think it actually could change, like, the genetic makeup. Yeah, that's, what I, was, that's what I was just, I was curious about that because I just wasn't sure if it was, like, you know, some dude, like, Joel's size all of a sudden is, like, you know, no. like the size of a football player, you know? I, yeah. I think the reason why they gave for that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I did I read somewhere that I think it was speculation that for some reason, like bigger people who are like more muscular and tall and stuff, yeah. it's the, the fungus seemed to grow on them longer, uh-huh. which make which meant that it take more, more time. Therefore, it became like a powerhouse, basically type of fungal being. Yeah. And, but still... I, I'm not sure why he killed people because I thought, I thought his their job was just to infect people, or maybe maybe they're changing it for the TV series too, you know. That too, or maybe he's meant to be a protector because I know that some of the infected can be killed, so maybe he's to stop the infected from being killed by the non-infected. So maybe that's why he ripped that guy's head off. Yeah, and so like in this episode though, then they uh, they do get out of this, and eventually the the. Uh, creatures get um kathleen and kill her yeah and uh and um henry sam and ellie and joel get themselves to safety um sam reveals because he's become close to ellie that he was infected and sam is deaf so he's like you know 
writing on uh-huh. uh, writing on one of those little things that kids have where you write on it and you can <laughs> take the page up and it goes away. I don't even know what those are called, like magic doodles or something. Yeah, I think they're not the mega like doodles, but they're something similar. But yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he uh writes on that and tells her, but um, and so then the next morning she he asks her to stay up with him, and uh-huh. she ends up falling asleep. Next morning, his back is to her, and the moment that his back was her to her, I was like, okay, he's turned. yeah, I know, yeah, me yeah. too. But it was still a cool scene, and uh, basically he he turned and then he started attacking people, and then then Henry had to kill his brother to save Ellie. Right. And uh, then he took the gun on himself uh-huh. and uh, killed himself. But which... before that, Ellie tried to cure him because she thought... Oh, yeah, that that's right. She she put blood in him. Blood. Yeah, and it didn't work. Which, unfortunately, doesn't work that way. No. You know, but she thought it might work. Yeah. So she cut herself and then put her hand on the, the wound. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. Who knows? Maybe it worked a little bit. Maybe it staved off the infection a couple of hours then you know uh-huh. but still and uh so that was pretty traumatizing for ellie right there to you know she had just made a new friend and then you know he dies and then her older brother kills himself yeah right of her and then she writes i'm sorry on the on the thing after she buried them yeah and then they go into the next episode what happens in episode six uh, episode six called Pin. Uh, first, it's like three months later. Then we start out in uh, uh, in this house of this native couple, played by uh, Graham Greene and uh, Elaine Miles, um, Marlon and Florence. Um, and just just a little side note: Graham Greene guest starred on Northern Exposure as. <laughs> As Elaine Miles, who was a star of Northern Exposure, as her cousin. Wow. But in this, they play a couple. So it's just interesting. Wow. Yeah. But Elaine Miles, I hadn't seen her in years, and she she was like one of the main actors on Northern Exposure. So um, it's good to see her in something again, you know? She was also in this movie, Smoke Signals, that if you have not seen, like, stop whatever you're doing right now after this podcast, find it online and watch it. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the best like native film like native american film that's like made in the last like 50 years or something wow but it was it was made in like the 90s it was really good um anyways the uh i had to watch it for like a cult cult film class or something it was like it has a like cult following um but yeah the um they they asked these this couple, you know, they they got him at gunpoint at first and everything, and then they they basically are trying to find out how they can get to Tommy. They're trying to figure out like maybe where he where these fireflies might be and stuff. And they tell them about this uh, this river called like the Death River or something. What was it? Yeah, yeah, River of Death or whatever. And they uh, they get to that, and then these people show up and they. They have a dog that can sniff out if somebody's infected, and they and sniff then, Joel, and then Joel's worried that it's gonna think that Ellie's infected. And then, but Ellie's playing with the dog, and everything's cool. <laughs> they go back to this town, and uh, Tommy's there, 
So, you know, yeah, Joel gets to have a little family reunion there. Um, <laughs> we meet uh, Tommy's new wife, Maria, who is pregnant. And uh, from Maria, Ellie had learned about Sarah's fate and how she um, died and everything. So knows that uh, knows that uh, Joel has lost his daughter. Yeah, and there's some really good acting scenes in this episode. Oh yeah, between definitely. the two of them, um, they're watching a movie in town at one point, and I just want to point out that the movie is Goodbye Girl. I don't know why. I just okay, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, it was the Goodbye Girl. Yeah, so, um, it's uh, so uh, basically, uh, Joel is convinced that he's not strong enough to take Ellie to this university that's like uh, it's like a couple days away or something. Isn't it like five days away or something? Yeah, it's pretty close, but yeah. Yeah. It's like a five days journey. And uh so they, they, they she she's uh I mean she overhears that he wants Tommy to take her and that they can part ways because he doesn't think he's up to the task. Um, but she's like all pissed off and because basically everybody's abandoned her. And yeah. the, the only person who's like stuck by her has been Joel. Okay. And, you know, they, they've got this sort of uh, father-daughter relationship here. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Joel changes his mind and takes her after they fight. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they find the university but the fireflies have actually vacated their base um possibly relocating to a hospital in utah i guess or something so right. joel and joel and ellie um there's these raiders in the town that attack them and uh they attempt to escape the group of raiders one of them ends up attacking Joel, Joel kills him, but he is, like, stabbed with this, like, big piece of wood or something. Yeah. <clears throat> In the struggle. And, uh, so they, they escape. And, uh, but they're, they're riding on the horse out of town. And, uh, Joel basically falls to what appears to be his death. And, uh, leaving Ellie unsure how to proceed what the situation is and doesn't know what's going right. on. And so we don't know if he's alive or dead. I have a feeling he's alive. Um, yeah, I would imagine that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they didn't I change did. things too much and just <clears throat> kill off one of the main stars in the sixth episode. But you never know with TV nowadays. So, I mean, the game, I know he is around. So He's in the second game. At least for so, part of it, so yeah. At least, I mean, unless they decided to change it, but that yeah. would be. I will, I would hope they wouldn't do that. I don't, I don't think they're gonna. No, I, I hope not too, because I like Pedro. So, um, but yeah, that that's where we're left off here, and we're gonna cover this in a second part on um, cover uh, episodes seven, eight, and nine. After they air, um, we'll be back with our second episode sometime in March to talk about those.
but uh where would you like to see what would you like to see happen in like the next episode I mean, yeah, I've, um, I've not played the game, so I have no way to know what's going to happen. I don't, so. Yeah, I haven't played the game either, but um, well, the next episode is supposed to be a, like a um, backstory, Ellie, so it's going to be like a stuff that happened in the past. Okay. So, and it, it has something to do with Riley, which I guess is one of her friends, because yeah. uh, at one point Marlene had told her, because uh, Ellie said, you know, oh, I'm being surrounded by a bunch of terrorists or whatever. And he's like, seriously, terrorists? Like, was Riley a terrorist? So, like, Riley was, I guess, one of the children oh, okay. who were part of this group, or at least maybe the child of one of the parents, you know, that were part yeah. of the Firefly. So, yeah, it's it's all going to be just like a backstory for Ellie for the next episode. I don't think anything new is going to happen. Unless they, like, interpose, like, between... Like the backstory and what's going on currently, or whatever. Um, I would hope that they're gonna go into into the ninth episode. Probably it's probably gonna leave on the cliffhanger, I imagine. And I think I know what that cliffhanger is gonna be because I did a little research. I don't know if you want to hear about it from the game, the story of the game, or if you want to. Yeah, be we, we can hear about this. Um, just you know, if you guys don't want to be spoiled, I mean, we probably should have said this at the beginning of the episode. But if you don't well, want to be spoiled by something I, that ha- hasn't happened yet, you know, maybe turn off now. Yeah. So in the game, I could be wrong, but in the game, I think what happens is they finally find the lab and they're going to take her there. But I'm thinking that they were going to kill her because I think that's the only way they could get the cure somehow. So I think Joel basically decides like, Fuck that. Like, I don't care if this will save humanity. Like, you're not killing Ellie. So he pretty much just, like, kills all the people in the lab and just takes oh. her. You know, I don't know, but I'm thinking. Yeah. That's, I think that's what happened. Don't quote me on it because I didn't want to read too much. It's like, I did want a little bit of element of surprise. Yeah. But basically, it said something like someone said, like, Joel makes a very important decision, like, where pretty much it said something, said, it said something along, along the lines of, like, might go against the greater good. So I'm thinking, well, the greater good would be let her die and therefore cure the rest of humanity where he's like, fuck it. I'm going to save one individual. Everyone else can fuck off. You know, type yeah. of thing. Like, so we'll see. Yeah, um, the, the the next three episodes we have, the titles of the episodes, if it isn't any, any indication of what might happen. I mean, it might not be it just because titles don't always give us clues, but uh, the yeah. next episode is called Left Behind. You know, like the Kirk Cameron series of movies. Um, <laughs> Kirk, yeah. For a second, I, I was, I, I was thinking Kirk Cobain. I was like, wait, what? No, Kirk Cameron. I was just like, yeah, the the series of movies he had called Left Behind. Um, it, and also that being which cannot hold a candle to Saving Christmas. No, um, no. So, but uh, th- then then we have episode eight, which is called uh, When We Are in Need. And then the last episode of the season is called Look for the Light. <clears throat> so who knows where things are going to go? I mean, I think it, it, it's going to be interesting because I do know that this has totally become this uh, father-daughter relationship between Ellie and uh, Joel. So it's yeah. like um, she's basically kind of the replacement for Sarah, kind of in his feelings in a lot of ways i think you know so well yeah in his mind he's yeah 
And that's the reason why he doesn't want to. So he doesn't want to lose another kid that he cares about. Basically, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting because he's he spent the last twenty years of just pretty much being fearless, but now that he has someone that he feels like he has to take care of, he's like having panic attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, he had a relationship yeah, but... with Tess, but Tess was able to take care of herself until well, she yeah, until Tess she was wasn't. Like a... But you know, still, yeah. yeah. And the opposite though with, with Ellie is that she feels safe with him. Yeah. So he's like, for her, he's like, you know, like the protector, but like with him and her, he's like, I can't fuck this up. If I fuck this up, I'll never forgive myself. Like, you know, like, and yeah. Cause at one point he even tells Tommy that he's constantly failing Sarah basically throughout his whole life because he couldn't save her. Yeah. So I, Everything he's done since then, he's been constantly failing. Her and and, and I like how they've actually been showing him having little little panic attacks here and there. Yeah, which is which is something you don't really see often portrayed as like realistically on television as this is, where it's not right. like something that's completely obvious. It's something internal and not completely external because people have small panic attacks inside all the time. Yeah. In fact, that are able to do that. I know I have. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because at first it looked like he was having a heart attack because yeah. a lot a lot of panic attacks can mimic, yeah. you know, heart somewhat. So, like, he was leaning up against the fence. And so, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, he's very protective of Ellie at this point. Even at one point, though, during this episode six, when they're pretty much like a... a full-fledged town like they just live like normal people. yeah this, in this jackson wyoming is where they're yeah held up yeah and uh at one point he sees a a woman that looks kind of like sarah would have looked if she was older yeah and then like a, another girl that like would look kind of like her daughter yeah so like some ways it was almost like he was like imagining how that would have looked like had she lived that she would have yeah. like had her by now or something like that if he so, would have had grandkids and stuff it's so yeah, that it, was it's interesting because like he's playing um Pedro Pascal's playing somebody in their fifties, but he's only in his forties, so it's interesting. Yeah, he's fifty six. Yeah, he was thirty six years old in, in two thousand three. So yeah, now he's yeah. fifty six. <laughs> yeah, so Pedro's playing older. I mean they made him look older, which is good. I mean, because he did have to play, you know, thirties and then fifty and then now sixties or or fifties. Yeah. So yeah, it right. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So yeah, hopefully things end on a decent note. I mean, not like I know they're probably not going to end on a happy note. <laughs> no, probably not. This isn't like you know, there's going to be you know, sunshine and rainbows all of a sudden. Um, yeah. But... No. <laughs> and they're probably most definitely going to have a second season. So oh, it's already been renewed. So oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they will. Um, it's interesting that they, there, there have been some, you know, we've talked about the criticism that, you know, idiots had about the third episode, <laughs> but uh, there has been some criticism here about the fact that like, uh, it films in Alberta, Canada, and there's like this wooded area that's supposed to be right outside of Boston, and it looks nothing like what any kind of wooded area <laughs> outside of Boston would look like even, you know... So 20 years after uh 20 or 30 years after a uh, outbreak so it's like yeah and then um you've got uh the latest episode 
there's some crew visible in one of these shots. Oh, really? So hopefully they fixed that. I don't know if they're going to, but, you know, <laughs> wow. it's, yeah, so that's the only things I've seen, like, you know, major, but yeah. Oh, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe within the time period that happened, you know, there was some, like, mountainous woods that grew up around Boston. A mountain, yeah. I mean, it takes 20 years to, to grow a mountain. <laughs> Well, I've heard. Well, if you talk to it like you do a plant, yeah, and you, the plant, and you water yeah, it, talk and, about yeah. daily, yeah. it will grow that fast. It's a scientific yes. fact. So. <laughs> I'm going to start that tomorrow. Yeah, start. I mean, they probably have mountains in Boston. I don't know. I mean, they mountains. probably do in Massachusetts, but it's like, yeah, uh, nothing really looks like that area that they, they. I know. I know. Yeah. I could tell from I'm like, yeah, it's definitely not Boston or any kind of place around that area. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked beautiful, it looked nice, but uh Yeah. Not east coast of the United States nice. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, um so uh any other thoughts here before we wrap things up? No, I think I'm spent. Me too. Well, <laughs> um folks, uh Make sure you uh, watch the next three episodes and join us for the second part when we have that in a few weeks here. Um, also, um, be sure to check out all of our other episodes that we have um, if you are just joining us for the first time in this episode. Um, promise you a lot of them are about more fun types of stuff than post-apocalyptic um, <laughs> <laughs> TV shows. Um, not that this isn't fun. But, um, yeah, just do that. And make sure that you uh, check us out on all2real2.com. There you can find all of our links. Um, share the show. Like I said, we will be having some kind of prize in the near future for people that do. And tag us and hashtag it at all2real2. Just hashtag it on social media, folks. Get our name out there. Um, but um, be good to each other. Make sure you recycle. Mm -hmm. and uh you know climate change is real and it might lead to something like this yeah be careful i mean this week it was snowing in los angeles and like 70 in ohio so it's like i mean i don't oh. know what the hell's going on in the world but um <laughs> welcome to the future we had freezing rain last night ice on all the trees and then it was 60 degrees today yeah hey. yep mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how it goes. And, yep. uh, yep. Be good to each other. And until next time, folks, remember that I love you and Sesame loves you. And bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg 
but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank and they will have to set the world at ease. You're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.